Greenwood had a pop. Greenwood still it. And guess who's there? Throw and support for the bloody out. Alexander Arnold. Oh, and it's in. The Premier League goals. Hi, football lovers. My name is Ahis Anthony. Welcome to a Niger episode edition. And I'm here with GD the Great from UK London. He's not new on our platform, but we're here to talk about the aftermath. Another day, the dust has settled. The, we know the Ghanaians are going to Qatar 2022, and Nigeria will not be going. So just a bit of reaction to what happened yesterday. GD, what's up? How are you um, Man, I'm still hurting. You know, it's... It's never a good feeling when your country doesn't qualify for the World Cup. Um, even though if you saw it coming, the, you know, the reality hit home yesterday that the Super Eagles of Nigeria were just not good enough on the day. But mm. it just wasn't the day. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a person that likes to look at things from a very holistic perspective because mm -hmm. what you saw yesterday was systemic problems that have been crippling into our football for the past i'd say since since forever you know yeah um, <laughs> crazy and and it's declined and it's it's not just football in general i mean if you want to look at the socio-political um situation of the country at the moment gd let's don't go there man so i mean i'm just saying like <laughs> like i said I I need to we I like to look at things from a very holistic perspective. So so what you saw yesterday was just yeah was a full final blown um side effect of the of the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, we just were not good enough on the day, um, and yeah, I don't know whether you want to touch on the technical aspects. I can talk about a lot of things, but it, what you know, what area do we start from? There's a lot. You know, there's a lot. Well, as football lovers, we would concentrate solely on the technical technical aspect because okay. how did we have information as regards mm. the administrative aspect? What they okay. do is what we see, like appointing yes. Austin and Guavoin, sacking Gennett Roar mm. at at a very critical moment of the nation's um, um, participation in the Nations Cup. We saw the performance from Guavoin. It was just... How would I put it? Just a flash in the pan. Win two, three, two games, or win three straight games, and after that, everything weaseled out. We saw how Tunisia masterminded that game in the second round of the AFCON, and how with the tactical nows of the Tunisian team, they took us out easily. And the same thing played out against Ghana in this World Cup qualifier. Mm -hmm. We saw in Kumasi, we saw how it was just... For me, the difference is just the tactical prowess from both managers or both teams. The mm -hmm. Ghanaian guys were able to look at their weaknesses and look mm -hmm. at their strength. They were able to build on their strength and they were able to work on their weaknesses. And also, they spotted the weakness of the Super Eagles mm -hmm. and they just acted. And that's why we, we all saw what happened. The rest is history, like they say. And we saw mm -hmm. that Ghana are now in... Qualified for the for the for the for the for the quarter twenty Qatar twenty twenty, but it's so sad and it's so bad because at this point it was an easy tie. 
before the um before the rounds or before the fixtures was done, DRC Congo was begging to play Super Eagles. And we were even scared at the point that looking at the remaining teams, how strong enough are we to mm -hmm. beat these teams? And it's all there for all to see now that we, we just have a bunch of stars, but we don't have the technical, we don't have the technical backing in a manager mm -hmm. to put the starts together to just do the job for us. Example, mm. this guy. This guy was phenomenal in the two tight. Thomas Party. What say about you? I know we're Arsenal fans. For me, one side, I'm happy <laughs> that we could see Thomas Party back in the Thomas Party that we know. But he was phenomenal in both mm. legs. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean... <sighs> I would say it was phenomenal on both legs, but if you look at the Ghanaian team overall, I don't, I don't think there was anything special, to be honest, because mm -hmm. they didn't blow Nigeria out of the waters. They just met a Nigerian team that was weak. Um, they met a Nigerian team that lacked a sense of urgency because mm -hmm. in the second half, they looked like they were playing... Like, it was actually the Ghanaians that, were, uh, that had something to lose. Um, do you get my point? So, yeah. When you look at the overall game plan of the Ghanaians, it was very obvious what they wanted to do. And one of the weaknesses I felt the Super Eagles had under Coach Augustine Aguavon is they were very easy mm -hmm. to read. Yeah. But again, I'm going to go back to the holistic way I, I look at things, right? Um, the two games that we've lost recently, the two crucial games that we've lost against the Tunisians and the Ghanaians, if I ask you, where did we lose it? Where where would you say it was? Goalkeeper error. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. When was the last time we had a great goalkeeper in the Super Eagles? Not a good goalkeeper, right? Because if you want to play for the Super Eagles of Nigeria, you need to be a great goalkeeper because I can, yeah. st I can start off with the history. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can start off from best of getting me. I can start off from Peter Rafai, Ike Shorumo, and then to the likes of Vincent Yama. Those were great goalkeepers. They were world class. I think Vincent was the last. Oh, yeah, exactly. So we've been having that problem for the last six years or so since he retired. In fact, more mm -hmm. than that, because he retired yeah. just right after the World Cup. After he the had World a, Cup. Yeah, he had a spot with Sunday Ulisse in 2015, and then that was it. It was. Mm he -hmm. was frozen out of the team. Again, that tends to happen whereby, for some reason, certain players just get frozen out of the team. And you, you're asking yourself why. You know, if you can call back the likes of Igalo, Vicente Yama would have, should have been called in and the standard would have been very, very high that the next person to succeed him would have been another mm -hmm. world-class goalkeeper. And I, I still believe that we have them, like young goalkeepers around the world that we can go and look at. But what did we do, right? We brought in, I mean, to to be fair on Francis Isor, he's um he's a good goalkeeper, and I feel like you know he's been quite unlucky over the years that he was injured, right? But it, I still I'll take him over Madukaoke any day, any time. Right? But yesterday the pressure was telling. Yeah, him. the the the, pre, the pressure was telling. Come him. on. But again, so we lost those two games. Um, because I don't want to go on a tangent here. We lost those two games in the goalkeeping department. So those teams looked at Nigeria and said, okay, it's very hard to score against Nigeria. 
Okay, because over the last, let's say, three, four, six games, we played three in the um, qualifying round of the AFCON, first round. We played one game and then we lost in the second round against Tunisia. And then we played two games, so six games, right? How many goals did we concede? But I think during the World Cup qualifier... No, I'm not even talking... I'm, I'm talking about the era of Eguavo because I'm not a big fan of Janet Raw. Okay. Eguavo brought back one thing to the team, belief, right? Yeah. At least they were playing... Under Genaro, at some point, the Super Eagles could not string four or four passes together. That era was That's a disaster. True. So, true. please, let's not... Eguavo is a much better coach than Genaro. What Eguavo inherited was problems. And again, mm -hmm. we create all these major problems for ourselves. And all of a sudden, we expect him to come in and then deliver Do us the magic. Yeah. It's not going to happen overnight. And I felt like... Because I kept saying it at the beginning of the World Cup qualifiers that I don't think Nigeria is going to qualify. There was just something in the air. I even had a dream that <laughs> in the last minute, something happened. I had that dream, I think it was in last year. You know when we were um, playing Cape Verde? And you know when yeah. we were having this mm -hmm. like stupid you know, um, crazy games and we were just losing against teams that we had no business losing. Mm. I slept and I woke up and it, it looked like a final game, right? And we were somewhere in a stadium and it was packed, right? And then it was mm -hmm. extremely packed and something happened that in the last minute, somebody snatched that ticket away from us. Ah, but even before that, right? I, I, I don't want to go <laughs> spiritual or, you know, go... <laughs> <laughs> Go kind of like go some kind of esoteric narration yeah. here, but yeah, we knew that this was coming because our football has been declining over the last ten years. I mean, we're not doing well in youth football. We've not qualified for the Olympics for a very long time. Even the when Nigeria we qualify, is in shambolic in shambles. Yep. I mean, the chair, the vice chairman of the NFF is the chairman of the league in Nigeria. It's never done anywhere. It's like saying like mm -hmm. that. FA England chairman or the FA England vice vice president is the chairman of the Premier League. They're two completely different bodies. He had to take um he had to take FIFA calling on Nigeria or the whole world calling on Nigeria that our stadiums are not good enough because the stadiums that we even played some of these matches were so crazy that mm -hmm. they had to go like, okay, what's the worst? What's the what's what's the worst, you know, where is the worst stadium we have in Nigeria on the national level that we can go and you know, um, refurbish, and then that's when they brought, you know, the Moshuda Biola Stadium back to back to um, standard. Dan, and Dan then they were to yeah, yeah. That, you, again, to, to the renovation. You know, exactly. You know, you you now start to take private money from people that have no business in football. Those kind of things, you know. But they just do it from the from the from the mercy of their heart. So when you're looking at all these things, you've just got you have to. You have to, it's an holistic problem, right? It's not just mm -hmm. one problem. But again, I don't want to go on a tangent. I tend to look at things from a holistic perspective. So if I go on a tangent, that's the reason. The reason why we got beaten was the teams were willing to study the Nigerian side. And they knew that, again, we don't have... The team selection, again, under Iguavo, at some point, it started to become dodgy because if you have 20 Probably. minutes to, to save your yeah. World Cup dream, right? You bring was, in Gazo and Musa. It yeah. was just simple. Stop us from yeah. the wings. Stop us yeah. from the right. Stop us from the left. The left Stop our yeah. full backs from bombing forward. And mm -hmm. that's it. There was yeah. no plan B. 
Yeah. There was no plan B. Sure. So that's why I, I wanted to like counter what you said because mm. Ghana as well, they were in the mud. They had a mm. they had a shambolic AFCON as compared yeah. to the Super Eagles. They didn't right. even make it out of the group stage. Mm. We saw Party in um Cameroon today. The following mm. day, we saw him in England on the bench when Arsenal played Liverpool because Ghana would you know put it out of the of the competition. But we saw what Ghana did, they had to go back regroup they knew they just had two games to play and they are in the world cup if they do what they have to do comparing ghana and nigeria in terms of the players it's yeah. like from here to you could say we have a better squad so yeah. where me i have issue issues is look at just imagine yesterday i was looking at the technical bench of nigeria it looked like it looked like a national assembly full of senators you know, you just have a myriad of people on the bench and none of them could study the game for the last 45 minutes. You saw what Ghana did. They just shut us off. Yeah. The beginning of the second half. Second I didn't half, even yeah. doubt if we had a shot at goal, goal in the second yeah. half. So it shows that, that we were bereft technically and mm. that's where I fought Egovon. Mm. I'm just going to be truthful. Egovon didn't really didn't really up the ante and didn't really stand up to what he was called for to do as an interim manager. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I felt that over the last three games, like Tunisia, Ghana away, Ghana home, he made some mm -hmm. choices that I started to question his technical powers. And again, we don't know what's going on in the, in the background because I won't put anything past the administration of Nigerian football the imposing of certain football players could be the reason why, you know, some players were able to get into the national team. Without due respect, Ahmed Musa and Vic and Odion Igalo have Se seriously, no... Seriously, man. They seriously. have no business playing in the Super Eagles of Nigeria. Seriously, So when, when you put those kind of players within the squad, you know, I don't know what they're doing there. They're making them cups of tea, you know. And then we have 20 minutes to go, right? You had people like... um. You know, fair enough, he bought in Sadiq, but why don't you just play your play a joker, right? And live and die by that decision. The young lad of, of FC Copenhagen, um, Amo, right? Mm -hmm. He's been in dazzling form recently. Yeah. Um, he looked like he can unlock defenses. Uh, you know, bring him in. Maybe he could have done one or two dribbles and won us a penalty because mm -hmm. it looked like that's the only way we could score. You didn't do that, and then you brought in Ahmed Musa, Shehu Abdullahi, and then he, he, he put <laughs> Zanussi on the bench. Zanussi was has been one of our standout left backs. You Come know, on, he's, he's playing in a Champions League um, game. So I feel that those decisions, and again, people might call me a conspiracy theorist here. I really don't care when it comes to Nigerian football. I always say my mind. I tell people I don't have anything to lose. I'm not involved in Nigerian football on mm -hmm. a local level. I live outside of the country. I'll say what I want. Even if I was in the country, I would say it, right? Because evil will triumph, right? When good people keep quiet. And then you start to make all these changes. You have to question yourself that, is this the same Aguavo that started off? Because Aguavo was very, very honest in the first two games. He played... Yeah. You look like the squad he selected was his squad. Apart from the goalkeeper, in my opinion, that is a very dodgy goalkeeper. And he said, I don't make those decisions. I leave it to the goalkeeping coach. Again, 
you can only choose what is in front of you. So we have three goalkeepers, right? We had Uzor, we had uh, Okoye, and we had Akbei, right? Yeah. Akbei would never be the goalkeeper for Nigeria unless those two goalkeepers those two are injured. So, <laughs> yeah. And he's not, he's not a good goalkeeper, we know that, right? So we put him aside, right? So you have Maduka Okoye, who hardly keeps a clean sheet in Holland. Uh, he, he's still young. He doesn't have mm -hmm. that experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we saw, we saw it against Tunisia that when, you know, everything comes to shove, when push comes to shove, he can't hold his own because I felt like he panicked. That was a mm -hmm. ball he could have punched. And then you now have Uzor. You have Uzor that, you know, he was play, playing well at some point and then he got injured against Brazil a couple of years ago and he's not gotten back to his best. And this is not a goalkeeper that is keeping in a top league. He's keeping in Cyprus. Do you see my point? So yeah. you don't have... The, so now you have a goalkeeping problem. So you mm -hmm. should have gone out to say, okay, technically what I would have done, I would say, okay, you're rebuilding the team. They gave you six months or whatever to do it. They never give you the job on a permanent basis. What you should have done is go out and see if you can get... I mean, we have this boy in Israel called Adelaide, right? There's another one in Germany called Sigwe. Those two goalkeepers have been proven to be good goalkeepers, right? See if you can bring them in. Just maybe drop a play and bring one of them in and see what these people are doing at training. You didn't do that. You continue with the script. So you inherited the problem and then you continue this. rolled on with it. Yep. So we don't know the reason why it continued. That maybe Because, look, I tell people that there's a lot of influence when it comes to Super Eagles. And it's been like that since around 2002, where some certain people just infiltrate the camp. I'm not a big fan of the current president of the Nigerian Football Federation. Imagine I feel, yeah, I feel that he has outstayed his welcome. Um, he's not competent enough. There are people that are way better than him that can manage football in Nigeria. He's extremely corrupt. We know that for sure. Because but, he but has some been, will argue, some will yeah. argue that ever since he took over the, the elms of affairs of the NFF, Nigerian football has gone on an upward curve. Okay, you can tell me what exactly we've done over the last. Um, well, they, they could argue in terms of sponsorship deals, in terms of money being pumped into the Super Eagles, because I know it's the only Super Eagles they concentrate on dough. Okay, so 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 here's the thing, right? They pumped in money into the sponsorship deals, right? So. Let's. I'm trying to think when it took over. Was it 2014? I don't know when it became an NFL it was, president. It was immediately after um, the World Cup in 2014. 2014. Okay, so yep. 2014, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's let's go forward first. So he took over. He brought in Samson Siasi after sacking Keshi because Keshi just became um, tired of the whole thing. Like, at some yep, point, oh, he, yeah. you could tell, like, his heart was not there. So he was not putting his best... So we started to have lackluster performances. They didn't pay his salary after a while. You know, the man just left and was trying to get another job. And then he had a heart attack and then he died. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So we now had Samson Siasia also. He didn't qualify for the Nations Cup. They sacked him. They brought in Olise. Olise, we know Olise is a very principled human being. At some point, it was like something is not right here. Right, and yep. you know when people are saying the truth, they don't like those people to be there, so he yeah. left. True, that's yeah, so we, did, we didn't qualify yeah. for like two walk two nations cups in a row. Then we went to the 2018 World Cup, which was like the pinnacle of his achievement, right? Mm -hmm. 
because we beat the lives of Algeria and Cameroon, right? But so, but qualifying for a World Cup doesn't make your administration great because we've been doing that since 1994, right? And we've, yep. we've done well. You went there um, prior to that World Cup, you know, the friendly games that we played were shambolic. At least I watched two of it here in England because they came to play in England. They played mm -hmm. Serbia and, and England and they lost. I watched those games we live. We lost, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we lost. So we, we, we knew that we were going to have a terrible World Cup, right? So we went to the World Cup and then we, we got knocked out. We kind of played well in the last two games. We beat Iceland and then we couldn't beat Argentina and then we lost, right? We needed a we point. To... We just needed a point against Yeah, Argentina we needed a point. And fight. then we went to the yeah. Nations Cup and we got a bronze. Like, Nigeria has been getting bronze medals for, for ages. I mean, we've done gold, mm -hmm. we've done silver. So, and then you look at the youth. Um, it, um, on the age competition. On the age yeah. competition. It was only the 2015 squad that won the, um, the World Cup. Cup in Chile. And you can tell that was the knock-on effect of the 2013, um, mm -hmm. their predecessors the, in 2013. The 17. I think on they the graduated on the 17 and the 21. Yeah. So, right. So when you look at that, there's nothing to write home about. After that, everything went into shambles. We won't qualify for Olympics. We will lose games in on the 17, on the 20. The last on the 20 World Cup was a shambles. And then we start to hear about how they lobby around the coaches and bring their own players you know mm -hmm. so th there's nothing to there's nothing to write them about about but if i go from 93 we won japan 93 right mm -hmm. under 17 yep. we um in 1995 so we went to the world cup in 94 for the first time we won the nation's mm -hmm. cup in 94 we were the fifth best team in the world in 1994 the highest ever by any african team we went to the King's Cup in Saudi Arabia in 1995, right? We 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 mm. did well for ourselves. That is now called the Intercontinental Cup, right? Mm. Um, where all the champions of the world play. We made we made we gave a good account of ourselves. Um, you know, we went to the Olympics in 1996. We won the African Cup as well in 95. Yeah, Azerbaijan. We won the African Nations mm -hmm. Cup. We went to the um, Nations. Um, sorry, we couldn't go to the Nations Cup because we we got yeah, banned. So we we could have won it. We said, yeah. yeah, we couldn't defend it. Mm. We went to the Olympics. We won Olympics, gold, yeah, yeah. right? Um, in '98, we went to the we World Cup. Go. We'll, we'll uh, go we to the Nations Cup. Yep. Nations Cup, but we gave a good account of ourselves in '98, um, and then we came back stronger in the Nations Cup in 2000, right? We we got to the final, if not by so, for some dodgy refereeing, we should have won that mm -hmm. final. We went to the Olympics. We didn't do too bad. Um, and then we started to have a bit of a decline in 2002. We, we at least we qualified for the World Cup, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we went to the Nations Cup. We, we, I think we had bronze medal. Bronze medal, and, yeah. Yeah. In 2004, we started to have a good squad again. That was the likes of Peter Odewenje, JJ Okocha, you know, Sheyi Olofijana, you know, mm -hmm. Abbe George, you know. Again, by some dodgy referee, we got bronze. We could have won that yeah. Nations Cup, but we were we were good. In Tunisia, in yeah. yeah. In two thousand and six, we failed to qualify for the World Cup. For the World Cup, um, yeah. it kind of reminded me of what happened. Now there was a lackluster performances. Some of the players didn't turn up. Well. I mean, that year the problem was the players, right? Mm -hmm. I knew an ex. I knew some ex internationals that told me that the problems of the players. You know, we lost some games that we didn't have any business winning. So it wasn't the the, the coach. Or, or the system on that period. And then, you know, 
2009, we go to the final of the under-17 World Cup, you know, and then you can roll on to that. If we won the 2013 under-17, we won that. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a country that has history. And the reason why you and I are passionate about this and what we're talking yeah. about this is because we know the history of our football, right? Yeah. So what exactly has Pinnick done, done over the last seven years that he's taken over? Because now I really don't see... I really don't see anything that this guy is doing. It's obvious that all he's just doing. I mean, he's he's going out and in, he's influencing the the collops right into the mm. national team. It's sad. Well, that's, that's obvious. Yeah, it's so obvious yeah. because he shouldn't. It's, be it's doing so obvious. That. Yeah, he shouldn't I'm be doing so that. I'm so critical of yeah. that because you should at at your level you shouldn't be mm. doing you, that. You shouldn't. Course. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, but hey, let's go back to the the technical side of it because I know you're mm. more of a technical guy and I want to talk technical mm. as well. But again, because I think holistically, I'm always always going to go to that side. So yeah, <laughs> if I if I if just on that topic. In terms of player selection, what do you think needs to change? For me, I feel I feel the players are there because if you let let's look at the Ghana prototype, the only mm -hmm. big name we could or we we saw yesterday in the two over two legs is Thomas Partey. Yeah, and Thomas Partey is playing for a resurgent Arsenal. It's not sad. We yeah. could take credit credit to Arteta for sparking Partey back to life, mm -hmm. and we saw that. For me, I was I was not, I was having a discussion with my colleague and. And they said it that before the two legs, and they said for a Gouvon to get a result out of this World Cup qualifier, these two matches, you have to put Patty on his toes. You don't make Patty comfortable. If you look at the two games, Patty was so relaxed. Yeah. Patty was so comfortable in that midfield. Patty dominated that midfield. Yes, we could say um, Wilfred Indidi wasn't available, yes, due to injury, but that's not an excuse. The formation he should have come up with has, it has to do with making Party so uncomfortable in our midfield and making Party look over his shoulders at each time. But he didn't do that. You knew, they knew already that you're going to come through the wings. So you could just turn things up. We have players that could give us that transition from the midfield into attack. If you notice, Osime was isolated in both games. Mm -hmm. It was just yesterday that he came into the game a bit in the first half, and in the second half, nothing. Mm, so okay. I was surprised that he had to wait for the entire 30 minutes of the second half when this was happening before he started making the changes. And also, I noticed something. Egovo is not in full control of that team due mm. to the starting lineup yesterday. Immediately, I saw the starting lineup. I knew we were not going to have anything to do with winning in that game. He made five solid hole changes. And look at it. You're bringing in guys that have not played in this continent, professional football in this continent. Look at Emmanuel Dennis. As at 45 minutes, he was gassed out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you observed that. Yeah, I this did. Some of, some of the players were tired and they were complaining about the heat as well. Yeah, Come so. on. So you would see the Ghanaian team. Most of them have played here in the on the African soil. Even mm. Pate before he went to Atletico Madrid or went to Europe, he has been here, and you could see the Ghanaian team. If that game was to go for another thirty minutes, they were still fit and ready to play. So I don't yeah, know what yeah. happened to the Nigerian players yesterday, but as well, the psychological part as well. I don't know what the managers were doing 
because mm. in such magnitude of a match, you need to beef up the psychology of the players. You need to let them understand what is at stake. It's you need to let the them stake. understand yeah. the pressure that is on them, the weight that is on their shoulders. And mm. I'm so sure that was not done because we saw that. We saw Uzo yesterday. Just a simple pass. And his legs were shaky. And he couldn't even compose himself. So I feel a whole lot of things just went wrong yesterday. And I'm so happy we didn't get the ticket because getting a ticket, I'm sure they would have given a go of one, another, you know, give mm -hmm. him another grace to take the team to the World Cup. And taking that team to the World Cup with that tactics will get beat. They, three times on a Sunday, we'll get yeah. beat and we'll yeah. get embarrassed. So I'm happy, Ghana. You can see me. I'm, I'm on a yellow shirt. I think I'm rocking. <laughs> I'm neutral right now because I'm in as I'm neutral because I I really don't think that Ghanaian team is great. And I told my Ghanaian friends that kept calling me yesterday because my phone was buzzing after the loss. You know, I've got friends yeah. in Ghana, you know, I've got friends in the football industry over there, you know. So mm. they kept calling me and laughing. You know, we do business together, but you know, they were laughing at me, but they mm. themselves did not believe like you know when they're calling, but there was like a sigh of relief that they, they didn't believe that yeah, you know, they could do yeah, Because their, their team wasn't great, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. They hardly threatened Nigeria. And the mistake we made was, we should, if Ghana didn't score the first goal, we would have won that game easily. You know, because the support yeah. was there, right? Yeah. Um, but the problem with Nigeria is you don't have to be a great team to be in Nigeria these days. You just have to kind of un understand football and tactically... Be aware yeah. of, you know, um, well, what to me, do on what to do on the field, right? Nine minutes gone. Just to round off. So, what yeah. next for NFL, the Nigeria Football Federation? Let's not okay. go into the administrative part because on the technical part, we need our football back. We've so, been, so, so, been, so, been here before. Yeah. Two thousand six, mm -hmm. we didn't make the World Cup, and we came back strong. And we've been to the World Cup back to back. Twenty ten. 2014 well, and 2018. So let me, yeah, just before we go. So if you ask mm. me, are you asking me like what they should do? What what should be done? Because I don't know what next for the NFF, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't know what they've done previously that they're going to do yeah. different. Right. So I don't I, know. I, but if you ask me. Elections, elections is coming mm. up towards the end of the year. And mm -hmm. as of now, nobody has indicated interest of wanting to be the NFL president. Well, I mean, I don't know what the ex-internationals are doing. You know, there's some of them are busy sitting there and down there, gallivanting. Political, and, uh, going political, political. So <laughs> I, I think they should be looking into that because if Sam Aleto can be the FA president of of, of Fekafoot, you know. Yeah, and, so, so and Cameroon I, did yesterday. Yeah, we, they should Come be able on. to do it. So so let me, let me tell you, fixing Nigeria's football problem has to start from this. We need to go back to the grassroots. Right. Um, and when I say grassroots, we need clubs in Nigeria to start to invest in young players. So all this Cardinal United, Enyba, they need to start having mm -hmm. academies. They don't. They, they don't. They don't have academies. True, what they no? have is mm -hmm. old players, you know, players that have hit like, you know, a certain age. And then we know how it goes with Nigeria. And then we claim that at this age. And then they play well in the league and they want to sell them because all they want to do is make money, right? We need, we need to go beyond that. We need to start to invest in our youth football. So the clubs need to start to go to 
you know, young players should be aspiring to leave their grassroots local clubs in the area to play for a league team in Nigeria. Right, or at least say they want to go to that. Where they where they owe players money for six eight months. So 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 I don't want to. Again, we're talking administration here. I'm just saying, like in a in a parallel universe where everything is working right, mm. right. This is how we yeah. should be. So let's theoretically because my local <laughs> team here is my local team here is called Charlton Athletic, right? Mm. If you have a young talented kid. If you have some kind of connections to a scout, you can say, come and look at him, and they will invite him to come to trials. If he's good enough, they'll put him in the academy. Every team, most teams in the United Kingdom have academies. Even the yeah. lower league teams, right? The league one, league one, league two championship sides, they have academies. So we need to do that, right? Then we need to start to encourage players very early. If you see a young boy playing in your area, encourage them, right? Don't say, oh, Go and play with your mate. Go and play with your mates. You can't play with the old elderly people. You know all that mentality. We need to stop that. Yeah. So we need. Yeah. There's a lot of because the reason why we won the first under 17 World Cup in 1985, China 85, is because we had something called Youth Fund, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to do that. That's number one. Number two, our league system needs to be organized, right? We need to have a organized league system whereby we can see these games. It's not hard, you know. Ghana televises their I watch the, the Ghanaian League, right? Even if it's on YouTube, even if you record the games, right? Get a camera, record the games, and upload it on YouTube. You know, commercialize this thing. It, it's not hard to get these things done. It's not hard for you to yeah. record a game and just show it. Yeah. Show it on channels. When is the last time we knew who the highest goal scorer in the MPFL is, right? Bring you back the, the chat. Bring back the, the website cops. is not updated. It's not, as it's not it's supposed updated. To. Yeah. yeah, you know then the NFF needs to have a structure in place. Do we, in this country, right, if you want to study to be a scout, train to be a scout, you can go through the English FA, right? If you want to be an agent, I'm a football agent, I got licensed by the English FA. If you go on the website, you see my name there, right? Mm. Um, you know, if you want to get your coaching badge level one to five, right, it's on the English FA website. Everything is in one Sorry, central let me point. Your bubble. Let me bust your bubble. I was interested in getting the, you know, going into the football administrative path in here in Nigeria, there's an institution called NIS. Oh, yeah, and, and, yeah, I know it. National yeah, know Stadium, Surulere. I went yeah. there, just wanted to get information. And do you know what I was told? Hmm. I'm an IT guy. I'm hmm. a software developer. That's what I do, 8 to 5. And I was being told that I'll have to let go of my 8 to 5, come into one campaign for 6 weeks or 8 weeks. Hmm. And when I'm done, I'm not sure that I would get, you know, nominated for an, for an opening that mm -hmm. I have to lobby and all the yeah. so now, now, imagine someone like me that love football and I want to be part of the football administration in Nigeria. I don't even have the access to do that. To, to, to do that. Opinion. Yeah, because there, there are systemic problems that block you from getting there. Again, I'm telling you that our problems are systemic. So someone like you with the brains, you know, yeah. when I see you talk about football, I'm like, why can't someone like this be trained and be in proper football administration, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. you can tell that it's this it's this it's systemic problem. So when I tell you that I look at things from a holistic perspective, that's what I'm looking at. Because to be a football administrator in this country, you don't have to give up your day job. You know, I'm a football agent. I still have stuff that I do. Like you, I mean I'm I'm Come in marketing on. as well, and I'm a football agent, right? It doesn't stop me from doing that. So yeah. when once we once we conquer these problems, right? Then we can now go to the team selection, right? Good coaches that are given access to do the things that they want to do, 
um, stop lobbying, right? And then have a national camp. You know, France has their own just outside in the suburbs of Paris. Mm. You know when they built it? They built it when they failed to qualify for the World Cup two times in a row, 1994 and, 19, and 1990. They built yeah. that and they built it, they said, we, we want to have a 20-year vision. Guess what? They, they realized that vision in four years. They won France 98. And then 20 years after that, they won um, the 2018 World Cup. People think that these things happen. If England wins the World Cup, right, today, they have, I've forgotten the name of this place. So just in somewhere in the middle of England, right, they have this training center that has, actually, I forgot it. If you go on the English FA website, you see it. Mm. there are hotels. There is a Hilton hotel inside of that place. There is like six or seven standard pitches, training pitches. They invite young kids from as young as 12 to come there. The mm. under 17 uses as their camp. The under 20 and under 21, even the under 12 uses it on the senior team and the women's as well. All the history of England, that place is like a museum of football. So what happens is, let's say they invite, once they invite the players, they get text messages. They go and pick them up at, the, at the, where they are. If they're coming from outside the country, they pick them up from the airport directly and they drive them to that place. So there's no room for distraction. Not all this stuff we were hearing about the Super Eagles camp. I mean, sometimes I see pictures of <laughs> people going to the stadium where they're training and they're taking pictures. And I'm Come like, you know, you know things that are not... You, it's the, unheard. No more. That it's it's un, unheard it's of. And, 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 then, and then I see all these bloggers as well, right? They come out and they, a lot of them are on Instagram. They start to complain. And I'm like, but even though you're saying the truth, you're also part of the problem because you go to the stadiums and you start taking pictures of yourself with this. You're not even supposed to be allowed access to those things. But again, we, we allow, I don't know, maybe it's an African thing or Nigerian thing. All this kind of stuff just happens. And, you know, so that's a way of fixing Nigerian football, in my opinion. We need to stop all of that, make sure that the team selection is not. Are influenced by anybody. It's on merits. Yeah, and then we have a good coach, and it doesn't have to be a foreign one. With all due respect, you know. Yeah. Uh, if she, if Lofijana can be the sporting director of a club in Switzerland mm -hmm. today, right? Trust me, we have. Uh, or Mike Melalo was part of the technical setup in Chelsea, mm. or there was this Albanian coach, so, uh, a Nigerian coach that won a league with um, a team in Albania. So some mm. we have talent all over the world. What's his name so, again? Ah, his name skipped me. Yeah, he was a former Super Eagles so, player. Yeah, yeah. So those are my those are my recommendations, bro. It's it's sad that we're having this conversation, but I feel that if we did not, if the, if this did not happen, we're not going to reset. You know, just like the nation of Nigeria, the nation of Nigeria will reset as we're going into into the next couple of years because some things will happen because we're getting to the point where it's break points, and I feel like this needed to happen. You know, comment, uh, congratulations to Morocco, Senegal, Egypt, Ghana. Egypt, yeah, Ghana. You know, uh, you know, and 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 Cameroon. You know, we saw, we saw, so we saw a bit of it. it. We saw a bit of it yesterday mm. after the game. Saw what happened: the fans destroying and demolition. Dangote paid a lot of money to renovate that stadium, uh, and look how state it is now. It's going to take a, a whole lot of money again to fix it back after what happened yesterday, mm. but. It is what it is. Jide, thank you so much for your time. Out of your yeah. busy schedule, thank you for honoring our invitation and talking yeah. about Nigerian football. I know we don't, if we're to keep talking, we'll use one hour over two hours. <laughs> but it's all good. Thank you once again. 
it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's uh, it's always a, a honor to um help my country, you know, because Nigeria is my country. No matter how much I spend here, no matter how much yeah. I spend in this country, I always remember where I come from. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Do have a good day and Same enjoy the rest you, of the day. All right. Bye.